Welcome to our weekly and Episcopal Sermon podcast. We are so glad you found us. This is a live recording of the gospel reading and sermon from last Sunday's service at the Episcopal Church in Almaden. The life of this podcast depends on your listening support. If you enjoy our podcast and would like to support us, simply subscribe to this podcast on your channel of choice. Come, join us along our shared path for today's episode. The Holy Gospel of our Savior Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Glory to you, Lord Christ. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, Wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet, And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word, so that I may also go and pay him homage." When they had heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then, opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, They left for their own country by another road. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. May I speak in the name of God, Creator, Savior, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So please forgive me, I cannot help myself this morning. Wise women would have asked directions, (laughs) arrived on time, birthed the baby, cleaned the stable, baked the casserole, brought practical gifts, and there would be peace on earth. (laughs) It's a meme. It's been going around for years, but it's a good one. I've been talking to friends from various cultures about this season, about this feast day of the Epiphany. My Latinx friends speak about the day of the three kings, and I won't insult you with my very poor Spanish, as being the most important day in the Christmas Epiphany cycle. This is the day of the king cake, gifts, and the main celebration. Our Orthodox friends also understand Epiphany as the highest holy day of this season. In the southern part of our country, I mean Louisiana and the Deep South, Mardi Gras begins, it actually began yesterday, it begins on Epiphany, 
And it continues until the day that we traditionally call Mardi Gras, the Tuesday before Ash Wednesday. So if you were to go to the South today, there would be parades and beads and king cakes and all sorts of uh, Mardi Gras celebrations. We used to speak of Epiphany as being, and in the words of our old prayer book, and still we know this phrase, that uh, the Epiphany is the manifestation of Christ to the Gentiles. That is the appearance of Christ to non-Jews. And this means different things to different people. I remember thinking as a child, those Gentiles didn't know anything. I mean, but this was the narrative that many of us grew up with. We have to take care these days that we do not unconsciously fall into anti-Semitism, which is a whole topic of another sermon and more than I can say today, but it's important not for us not to do that. But it is also so important for us to be aware of and learn about. I love to look up words in thesauruses and dictionaries. So this is the definition that I found the other day uh, from a dictionary. Epiphany, from the Greek, phanane, I'm sure I'm not pronouncing that correctly, to bring light, to cause to appear, to show, to manifest. Epiphany as a noun, a festival observed on January 6th, commemorating the coming of the Magi as the first manifestation of Christ to the Gentiles. An appearance of manifestation, especially of a divine being, a usually sudden manifestation or perception of the essential nature or meaning of something. An intuitive grasp of reality through something, such as an event, usually simple and striking. So that's a long definition of the word epiphany. And it's a Christian word that all of us use. Everyone around us uses this, as I wrote today, uh, this week in the Wednesday Word, people all around us, Christians, non-Christians, other people of other faiths and no faith, use the word epiphany. And it's a word that crosses those false boundaries, my, my word, false boundaries between religions and spiritualities. These are the false boundaries that we create for ourselves and are starting to break down very slowly. All of us have experienced an epiphany, a sudden intuitive perception into the essential meaning of something. Every one of us has experienced that. Some of us, when that experience happens, actually know that that is, we can say, oh, I just had an epiphany. It's a grace, it's a gift from God, which we can't conjure up. We can't make an epiphany happen for ourselves or for other people. We can only receive an epiphany. I love history. I was a history major in college. And it turns out that in the beginning, say in the second and third centuries of Christianity, the early Christian church celebrated a threefold understanding of this meaning of epiphany in the feast day. The nativity of Jesus, including the visit of the three wise ones bearing gifts, which is our traditional story. The early Christians also understood that the baptism of Jesus, which many churches are celebrating today, it's actually the propers for today, and the wedding at Cana, where Jesus turned water into wine, his first miracle. So in the early church, Epiphany was not 
just the part that we're celebrating today, but those other things, the baptism of Jesus and Jesus' first miracle, those were understood to be the epiphany. And this richness of tradition, it seems to me, does a couple of things for us. It reminds us to open the hearts in the many ways that faithful people celebrate this season of epiphany. And it also reminds us, as we read the stories and try to take into ourselves the spiritual meaning of them, that we can claim all of these meanings and live them, live them out today. So today is such a fun day in the church because we, got to, we get to do a lot of uh, sensate, uh, um, practical things. So I want to talk today about chalking. I talked about this in my Wednesday word, I think this last week. And um, it's customary. It may not be customary in this church. It's very customary amongst Lutherans, for some reason, to chalk the doors. So I want to tell you a little bit about this. And I have chalk for all of you to take home. We're going to bless this chalk. Why didn't they have white chalk at any store I went to? Anyway, colored chalk works. Um, and I invite you to adopt this custom in your family. This is what, this is what we do at our home. The family gathers to ask God's blessing on their home and on those who live and visit the home. So you go outside to your front door or your back door, it doesn't matter. And it's an invitation for Jesus to be a daily guest in our home, a, in our comings and our goings, in our conversations, in our work, in our play, in our joys and in our sorrows, all those things that we celebrate in our homes. For some of us, I, I'm, I am my family, so I will invite a friend to come and do that. So it's, uh, it's, it's a way to bring neighbors and people into the blessing of our homes. So the traditional way to do this is to take a piece of chalk to write above the, usually try and write above the door. You know, I'm not getting up on a ladder anymore, so I write it on the, whatever that's called, the side of the door. And you write this, 20 plus C plus M plus B plus 24. And I have a sheet that you can take home with you with this on it, so don't worry. The letters C, M, and B have two meanings. This is in very traditional, uh, traditional chalking of the doors. They're initials of the three magi, Casper, Melchior, and Balthazar, C, M, and B. And they also abbreviate the Latin words Christus Mansionem Benedicitat, may Christ bless this house. Christus, wish I'd taken Latin. Christus Mansionem Benedicitat. And the plus sign is the cross, and the 20 and the 24, of course, is the year. And so it's, um, we're going to bless the chalk now. And, um, and then afterwards, we'll choose some lucky person, maybe our youngest person. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Someone will chalk the door. We'll go down after church and chalk the door. <laughs> so let us pray. Loving God, bless this chalk which you have created that, they may be, that it may be helpful to your people and grant that through the invocation of your most holy name, that we use it in faith to write upon the door of our home the names of your holy ones, Casper, Melchior, and Balthazar. They receive health of body and protection of soul for all who dwell in or visit our home. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. So here's the point about 
today. We're all working things out, right? We're working out our lives in faith. We're working out our lives, and we do it here in community. And we're creating our own new narrative. What I mean is the Episcopal Church, the Christian Church, all of our interreligious dialogues, this community of the Episcopal Church in Almaden, we are working out our own new narrative as we hold on to our history and our tradition, and as we experience the birth of the Holy Spirit anew in our own day, as we experience the birth of Christ in our own day, new again this season. So let's put our energy and our passion into working this out together for the sake of a broken world. So to end, I'm going to make a proclamation, which some of you may have heard. If you have been in an Anglo-Catholic church, you would have, will have heard this proclamation. This, again, is a tradition that has been done for centuries in Christian churches, mostly in higher churches. And it's customary on Epiphany to announce the day of Easter and of all the rest of the liturgical dates for the coming year. Normally, it's chanted. I tried to get the chant, but I couldn't get the chant. I, I, anyway, I couldn't get the chant uh, to be able to chant it to you, so we'll have to just speak it. But this reminds us of centuries gone by when people did not have their iPhones or their paper calendars. They did not have that way of ordering their lives, and so the life of the church is how they ordered themselves, right? Everything revolved around a liturgical year. So this is the Paschal Proclamation. My brothers and sisters, the glory of the Lord Jesus has been made manifest in the nativity and will continue to be revealed in our midst until Christ comes again in the rhythms and alternations of time. Let us recall and live the mysteries of our salvation. Central to the entire liturgical year is our celebration of the triduum of the Lord, crucified, buried, and risen, which culminates on Easter Sunday, the 31st of March. Every Sunday, when we call, recall this Paschal mystery, Holy Church makes present this great event in which Christ has conquered sin and death. From Easter derives all other celebrations. Ash Wednesday, the beginning of the season of Lent, the 14th of February, the Ascension of the Lord, the 9th of May, Pentecost, the 19th of May, and the first Sunday of Advent, the 1st of December. Likewise, in the feasts of the Holy Mother of God, of the apostles and saints, and in the commemoration of all the faithful departed, the church, in its pilgrimage here on earth, proclaims the paschal mystery of the Lord. To Christ, who is, who was, and who is to come, the Lord of all time and history, be endless praise now and forever. And let the people say, Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's episode on An Episcopal Sermon Podcast. May this episode inspire you to apply lessons from these teachings to your everyday life. If you found inspiration in this episode, go ahead and subscribe to this podcast through the channel of your choice and spread the word. If you would like to see the full service from which today's sermon was drawn, visit our YouTube channel linked in the show notes of this episode. 
If you would like to support this podcast, feel free to donate any amount to our listeners' support on Anchor or visit the donation page on our website, www.churchinalmaden.org slash donations.